you too, and even better than the real thing. Using the espresso bar with DJ Swade, it's time to wrap it up, and I'll catch you guys next week for another edition. Blasting out the biggest hits all over the internet on the best online station. This is WA12 Radio. At S Paradise Beauty Tanning and Toning Studio, we've been providing a high-quality service to our clients since 2002. Our fully trained, friendly staff offer a full spectrum of treatments from waxing, nails, manicures and pedicures, slimming wraps, and much, much more. S Paradise is also a VTCT accredited NVQ training center, offering a range of courses including beauty, nails, hairdressing, and barbering in our bespoke training facility within the salon. Click the link on the WA12 radio sponsor page for more information. S Paradise are proud sponsors of WA12 Radio. I'm Jason Scott. Join me every week as I run down the UK's most accurate and up-to-date chart. The Massive 40 not only plays every song in full, we also have the Top 50 sneaky peek and we'll bring you the album Top 10. The biggest artist, the biggest chart. Right here, Sunday afternoons, live from 4. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 3 of Outside the Box with me and my esteemed co-host, a man from whose lips wisdom and prophetic pronouncements flow like the Trevi Fountain, and whose graceful and noble good looks were hewn from the rock faces of Mount Olympus and sculpted by Adonis himself. It's Dave Smith, ladies and gentlemen. I'm amazed you remembered all that in one go. Well, Completely you're worth it, Dave. Amazed. You're worth it. I've been practising it for weeks. How long did it take you to write that? <laughs> About four minutes this morning. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Garth. Um, it's, I'm, I can't remember any of that now. It's gone. Aren't we, aren't we, Ed? But I'll send you a copy. Send me a copy of it because I'm going to put that in a little frame in the toilet, in the um, toilet. <laughs> and so I can remember it every day. Okay, good morning and welcome to, as Garth said, series Stanley said, Stanley said, Stanley said, He's lost it. Series 2, episode 3. Series 2, episode 3. I nearly said series 3, episode 2. But anyway, so we are here, and our special, special guest today is a gentleman called Mike Bagshaw, also known as Clone Manny from the Clone Roses. Welcome, Mike. Hello, hello, welcome. Why am I saying welcome? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... Everybody's welcome. I'm just in awe of that introduction, you see. Yeah, I, it's so it, it, it confused you. You want to, <laughs> you want to be sat here with <laughs> whatever comes out of his mouth. Normally, it's usually quite horrible, but there you go. That's actually not true. I do, I do get I do get compliments from him. I'm wondering what he wants. Yeah, we have one week on, one week off, don't we? Guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's usually it's usually odd weeks. Um, so yeah, so welcome, Mike. We're going to talk about football. Yeah. Uh, what it means to you. What the connection is with the Clone Roses. Um, because we know there is a collection, so we're going to sort of get uh, a collection. Christ, I'm having a really bad day today. Um, so yeah, so so pretty much the most famous person we've been on, we've wow. had, we've, we've had on the most famous person we've had on. Um, a tribute to, a tribute to, yeah. So it doesn't matter. Um, so talking football, um, obviously you have a you, you are a football fan. 
Yeah. Now, um, Mike is, is not part of my contacts list. I ha- I've used everybody in my contacts list, and Mike isn't part of my contacts list, so I don't know anything about what we're going to go through now. So we're, just, okay. we're, we're going in blind. Um, so basically, we, we sort of start off with um, the early years of football. Where, where, where do you fit into those early, early years, in your, in your early years? Where does football fit, fit in with you? Um, I guess my earliest memories or connection with football was the 1984 Panini sticker album. Oh, here we go. And uh, the 1985 and the 1986, which me and my brother uh, completed. Um, so that was my... I'm actually still a Dumbarton fan to this day because at the time in the 1985, they were in the top division and played at Boghead Park. And I really, that really amused me as a child, so <laughs> I still support up, up, the, up the Suns. Um, How old were you in 84? In 84, I was born in, when was I? 77, so about seven, about seven years old. Oh, I mean, he doesn't look old enough, does he? Doesn't, does he? he it's like sickening, that. isn't it? Yeah. How young this man looks. I think you need to change that intro <laughs> from me to Mike. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll rededicate that intro to you, Mike, <laughs> oh, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. good. Um, yeah, the Panini sticker on that's come out so we, in in series one we, we had um, so many guests coming up with the, the Panini sticker album. And one of our guests is an absolute, <laughs> he's a complete nerd in these these things. And he had, he yeah, had he, he still got them, a brilliant yeah. collection. But I think I we, we, I'm, I'm sort of with you. I mean, I'm a tad bit older than you, but the Panini sticker album and these football cards, you know, you, you, they, they linked you to things you didn't know. I think at, at those age because football was still sort of. What was it? What was it? It was just three channels, and it was. I think. I think a, a, a Italian three, football come 80. out on. A... Not not then. Not then. No, that was, that was end of the eighties, early nineties. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? When did Channel Four? Channel Four, Channel Four, eighty-two or eighty. Sunday afternoons, wasn't it? Yeah, Sunday yeah. afternoons. So we hadn't even got to got to that no. particular point. It was just match of the day, and mm. I think the big match on ITV yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and those were the days when anyone could win the league. Yeah. Um, except for '84 was Liverpool. All presented by gentlemen with comb-overs. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. So we were still in that, in those early. So I think that link to football, I think, is in that era, showed you that sort of like. Lots of different clubs, other than sort of your local, yeah. you know, because we were we, again there was no internet and like that, so we were sort of all you were, you were sat in your, in your on, on the on the curbs in your streets or your cul de sac. Well, I used to live in a cul de sac, um, and you'd oh. go into, go into school and you'd be swapping all the, all the stickers and stuff. Yeah. Did they have shinies at that point? Yeah, they did, did have, they have shinies. shinies. Yeah, yeah, they had shinies. Uh, I think well, in the earliest Panini sticker books or the, the football league ones, because I've got I'm a Manchester City fan, so we'll get onto that soon, but. Uh, I've got. Um, I've been collecting them all. I've gone back and started it. Some nineteen seventy eight when they first did the English League oh, sticker book, and and yeah, the sh- they're rather dull shinies, but but shinies all the same. Oh. Shinies. They were. They were. The, they were. The thing. You had a shiny. You go into school with your wad of, wad of. I think, because I'm in the era of the cards, the bubblegum card things. And I've got a funny feeling we had shinies in them. Probably like you know, not the most dramatic ones, but yeah. you sort of you go into school with your wad of four hundred, you know. Kevin Beatty's from Ipswich because that was the one. You know, and, have, and, and everyone wanted I don't know um, Steve Koppel or something like that. And like, yeah. He had the shinies. He had these shiny these yeah. shiny cars and like oh, and you'd sort of walk in and, and sort of like swap up, swap those around and, and get robbed and get beaten up for for your shiny and stuff like that. Yeah. Or maybe that was just my school. <laughs> but anyway, could have been just you, Dave. Yeah, probably just me actually. Yeah, think, thinking yeah, about it. Here he comes. <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. So you sort of like. That's the sort that the, the, the your introduction to football. I mean, did you was, was playing your thing or? 
Um, no, I, to be honest with you, I've I, I'm not sporty at all. I, in fact, it's uh, to much amusement to my friends um, just how bad, poor my sporting ability is. So when it came to school and, and picking uh, football sides, it was. Uh, you know, there's only a couple of lads left after me. <laughs> um, and I think I got picked before them out of sympathy um, and friends being on the team. So I, I know I played so at school after the uh, the Panini craze uh, in the eight, mid-80s for me. Um, I, I kind of wandered off football. Um, I wasn't that interested because I couldn't play it. Um, so, so I kind of lost interest. So it was during... Um, so I always liked City, um, so you know, I'm a Manchester City fan. My granddad was City and my dad's Liverpool, so my brother's Liverpool. But I, like I said, I only liked him. I wasn't bothered, I, wasn't in, I didn't really support him. And then in the 90s, um, a friend of mine at high school used to get free tickets to Main Road because right. his granddad was on the chairboard of Salford Rugby League. This is a 10-year sleep. <laughs> and um, he used to get free tickets, so I went a couple of times with him. And that that was it, really. That was kind of like hooked. Yeah. Uh, but not just hooked on the... Well, because City were absolutely awful at the time, but um, it's just the whole thing, you know. Yeah. I, and that, it could have been Everton, it could have been whatever, but it, it, it was City, and I had this family link with the club, and I just I just, I fell in I fell in love with it, uh, the whole sort of thing. That was a proper fan, though, wasn't it? Because yeah. that was a time when, when like, that wasn't a good time for City. It was my most favourite time with Man City. Yeah, but it wasn't the time where everyone was going. Oh, I want to support Man City. So you know, to become no, a no, fan no, no, no. I, 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 I agree. Is, and I used, I used yeah. to because I, I worked in the legal industry for 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 many years, and around that sort of that, that time when Man City were pants, they were absolutely yeah. pants to the point where my team beat them twice, and I took great pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> my my team's crew, by the way. Right. So, and yes. I took great. I, mean, I used days. to, I used to, I used to work a lot with with a lot of um, legal people in Manchester and a lot of City fans in that time. And I took great pleasure in sort of like mentioning every twenty seconds that crew had just beat <laughs> Man City or they just, you know, we just annihilated Man City. I think that was the thing, you know, in in those seasons. And this might sound a bit vain and arrogant, but. Obviously, we were as as we always state a massive inverted commas club, and um, we went down in those leagues, and we, <coughs> did, we did become we we did become a lot every well every club's cup final almost yeah, everybody wanted to beat yeah. us and, and understandably so. But I think back then for me, um, that just made me love City more that underdog thing, and then eventually went living in Manchester. Um, that's probably where I picked up a little bit of my swang because we spent about eighteen years there. And we were living right by Main Road and became a season ticket holder. And it was like, it was a way of life then, being a City fan. Yeah. It, it, and that's how it felt, you know. I was young, I was going out, I was enjoying myself. City were rubbish, but um, it didn't matter because I was part of this, like, super Mancunian family, which yeah. I really cause I would talk to, you know. I think a lot of people, honestly, I, I know quite a lot of older City fans. Um, and, I th- and I think that... I'm going to use the, 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 the word of the series one. That resonates with me and the fact that you've got that sort of that link is there, isn't it? Yeah. From, and again, it's something that when you when you when you when you're looking at a club. I mean, my club, my club crew, we're rubbish, but I'm loyal to them. You know, we've been up to the championship in and around that sort of period of time we're talking about. Yeah. 
and we had some really top players and some, you know, we, yeah. we, we, a lot we, of that was under Dario, though, wasn't it? It was under Dario, and we had to sell them basically at the end of yeah. the day. I mean, likes of Dean Ashton and um, David Platt and Robbie Savage all came through. Rob, Rob Jones came from there. Rob Jones came yeah. from there. Um, Danny Murphy, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, but that sort of when you see when you see your team hit the heights you're, that you're seeing now. And probably they were hitting the heights in the in the early seventies. You know, they were not a rubbish team. I mean, you've got Mike Summerby, Colin Bell, Dennis Law. Oh yeah. You've got you know all of, who's the goalkeeper? What was his name? Uh, Corrigan. Corrigan. Joe Corrigan. Joe Corrigan. You know, yeah. there's some there's some players there. You, oh, know, yeah. so, you know, Franny Lee. Mm. There's some really good players. There. So they they had and then suddenly you slide mm. and you slide to, and you know because currently at the minute we're in we're in League Two. And I'm looking. We're looking. I'm looking over the shoulder all the time, going, "Oh Christ, we're, we're, we're national league fodder here." Mm. Well, and you look at the clubs down in the national league. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Notts County. I think they're going to come up anyway. But mm. yeah, national league. National league is like a. It's like it's like a like an old league. You know, Division Four. Nothing non-league looking about that. No, that league. Absolutely so. not. And it's difficult. But when you see your, when you see your team sliding, that's when a lot of people offload, yeah. and they they disappear. Because oh you know, okay, crew and never had glory days. You know, best 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 day of my life was twenty thirteen and following year. Um sorry, twenty twelve and twenty thirteen because we went to Wembley twice and won. But that's they're, they're the heights. So you've got the heights now with with City, the heights are now uh, and we were talking about Pep last week, weren't we? Yeah. I you think know? I think real fans though, I think they enjoy from, from my opinion anyway, I think you enjoy whether you're sat right at the top or struggling for you know, in a relegation battle. You, you kind of still enjoy that roller coaster ride. I mean, perhaps winning on the last game of, on, on, in the last game of the season to stay up. You know, that's a glory day. Yeah. Did you had a bad day. season? You got you to Wembley when you played Gillingham. I did. I was at Wembley in '99. Yes, and I did stay to the end. I didn't leave early either. They came up. Didn't come up via the playoffs, did they? They did eventually. Well, that season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what the next season? The next season. Ah, no. We came up um, after beating Blackburn, right? And uh, that was Joe Royal's team that we finished in the second slot. Um, I don't know how, <laughs> but um, that was but, an but, but yeah, Joe Joe brought him up, dragging dragged him up uh, into that second spot, and we went up automatic into the Premier League, and were, we were you know, very much found out that, that that season, straight back down, and that's when Kevin Keegan came in, and that that Kevin Keegan season in the second tier uh, of English football was. Um, one of my most best seasons as a, as a mm. fan because the, the style of play. I mean, great, you know, Joe Royal, you know, he, he really saved us, like, you know, a complete credit. But with Keegan and when he brought in Berkovic and uh, Ali Benabria, you know, yeah. and, and the football, it was so entertaining and we were scoring record amount of goals and, and they'd not seen that at City for such a long time. Mm. It was uh, that was a glorious season. Keegan brings his own roller coaster with him when it, wherever yeah. he manages, doesn't he? Yeah, he bring, yeah, it, it hits the heights and suddenly hits the yeah. lows with, with, with Keegan. And again, again, he's just an iconic figure, isn't he? So you're sort of like you're, you're following City at that particular point in time, and where, where does sort of like where's the music tie in? I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand over to Garth. Garth, Garth, Garth's our music guy. Here, so. <laughs> so where's where's the sort of music tie in with 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 the with the, with the football at that at and around that sort of time? Um, I'm not sure with me really. I mean, I, I obviously I like a lot of different kinds of music, truth be told, and, and I do like the Manchester bands, obviously, and I'm into that scene. Um, 
I think I kind of went watching City kind of separate to it, but it, but it, it it's kind of I mean you can't avoid the Oasis sort of thing in the mid nineties, you know that probably kept City's identity alive at one for, point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and they did make City cool. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think you know that did more for City than any league following uh, any league position at that at that moment in time. But I mean I think the connection between music and football is is is, is you know it's people you know it's there. Especially with that scene, you know, it's there to see, isn't it, with the Adidas and the casuals, mm. and yep. you know, I mean, that goes back into the eighties and everything, no, doesn't I'd it? Not, I'd not thought of that actually. Yeah, I'd, I'd not thought of that connection. Mm. It's well, a yeah, strong connection, right, yeah, yeah, yeah with, with certain yeah. types of music, definitely. Yeah. There's a different style style connection there. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, yeah. That's again, that's, like I said, I think I said to you before. I, I went to sleep in 1989, woke up in 1997, and a whole music genre had passed me by. And then I went back to sleep again. Well, football <laughs> became cool again, I think, in the 90s, you know, with that sort of, like, connection with bands and that. And everybody sort of got in off the back of it, I think, as well, because all of a sudden, like, Blur, I mean, no one, like, thought about who Blur supported. They were just, like, posh boys from... Yeah. Uh, Chel- well, not Chelsea, whatever, different, Colchester yeah. or whatever. And then the next thing is... They're all walking around in like Chelsea tracksuits. Everyone kind of got onto it, didn't they? It was yeah, it was uh, cool Britannia, wasn't that's it? And all it, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh... I, yeah that, that, that's that, again, that, that's something that interesting. We've not sort of like sort of looked at realistically, is it? Sort of musicians and football, and we know there's connections. Then mm. we know we know the obvious ones. And Ms. Elton mm. is, a, is, is a Watford fan. The, the, the Gallagher's are, are City fans. Yeah. Uh, as long as we stay clear of the World Cup sort of anthems, we'll be all right, won't we? Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. One, one or two were quite cool, he says. Mm. But, I mean, again, we don't think of that as... as but there are musicians... I mean, Rod Stewart's got his own football field, hasn't he? He's got his own football pitch. So but we don't think as sort of, like, musicians... Have you seen it? No. You can see it on Google Maps. Can you? Yeah, you, I might he, do that. He lives in uh, a place called what the, what's called uh, North uh, Beverly Terrace, which is like super exclusive, like Denzel Washington, um, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, they, they, Eddie Murphy. They're all his neighbours. I don't think you can buy a plot of land on the estate there for less than about twenty million dollars without a house on it. And you go round, sort of. It's like a sort of horseshoe shape, uh, the, the sort of road where he lives. And you go round, and you've got. Massive house, swimming pool, tennis court. Massive house, swimming pool, tennis court. And you get round to Rod Stewart's and it's massive house, swimming pool, five-side pitch. Mm. And it's the only one in the whole estate. I've, I've, had, a, I've had a look. One, cool. one of my geekier moments. It's the only football pitch in the whole estate. That, that's, that, that, that's cool. It I is cool, really. That's, that's yeah. cool to have a bit. I'm a, 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 an old school friend of mine. Um, was, uh, was what what not his name, but he's a, he lived in Frodgham and he had his own seven-side pitch. Wow, you know, yeah, awesome, big, big, big house in Frodgham. It's and the he's dream. It's the dream. He, he had a seven-a-side pitch, <laughs> and it's, it's immense. He's now he's now he moved to Australia now, but it's, uh, but I say the connection there is music and football. It's 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 clear, isn't it? It's mm. it, there is a massive connection. Yeah, definitely. You know, with the fashion of it. Definitely. Yeah, and again, that's again something I've never, never sort of picked up on on that sort of side of things. It seems it, I'd be interested to know sort of other musicians. Who, yeah. they, who they support because they're out there aren't they oh for sure yeah, let's yeah. get them on let's get Elton on get out on him. get Elton on see what he's got to say about yeah. Watford <laughs> <laughs> so there you go um, okay let's have a let's have a song that in mind let's shall have, we yeah, yeah, yeah let's have a have well a I song. use my psychic powers yeah, okay. I'll put this one in okay that's my supersonic psychic powers 
Oh, cracking little bit of Oasis there with Supersonic. If you've just joined us, welcome to Series 2, Episode 3 of Outside the Box with me and my esteemed colleague Dave Smith. We've got a cracking guest in the studio. We have, yeah. Um, Our guest today is Mike Bagshaw from the Clone Roses. He's Clone Manny. um, And we've been talking this morning about (coughs) his love of Manchester City. Um, So we just want to sort of just carry on with that bit. um, Because obviously City are... Well off at the minute, yeah. Um, and I, I, again, what interests me is sort of when when you move when you the old the old grounds, your main road. Your I've done that again. Yours, it's just so so football cliche, isn't it? <laughs> um, the likes of main road and and Highbury and that sort of stuff. The old the old grounds, and then you, when you when you move to a new ground. I mean, what was that transition like for you as a fan? Um. <sighs> It's a strange one, really, because at the time I really, I, I didn't want to leave Main Road. You know, I, we'd been living close to it as well, and um, you know, you, you fall in love with these grounds, don't you? You know, they become like you know, they're, they're, they're like holy, holy, holy mm. places to you. Yeah. Um, but <sighs> so <laughs> it was pretty upsetting, really, truth be told. And then we, when we watched Main Road getting pulled down, I, I, I to this day. I mean, I, I hate going past it. Oh, if I'm ever in that area, sometimes I get on the supporters' coaches from the Etihad, and it's like an append. It's like a, <laughs> a thing they still do. They still pick up outside Main Road, so they'll go, go to the Etihad, then they'll do like a city centre pick up, and then they'll go to the Main Road. They'll go all out the way down these little back streets in Mosside to pick up outside the ground with like two people, and then off they go. Oh, so okay. it's like some sort of tradition, and it always feels. But it's like going back to a an old house or like a, a an ex-wife, not that I've got an ex-wife. Don't look at me. It's very strange, but, you know, we had to move. Um, the Commonwealth ground was made and, and, and um, you know, we couldn't, you couldn't pass up an opportunity like that. And then, as we know, it was one of the main factors to when the, uh, the, the new owners came yeah. was the fact that they had this... You know, if we were still at Main Road at that time, they would, you know, they would have gone to another club, so... Yeah. And none of this would happen, so I wouldn't swap any of this for Main Road. Yeah. I still do have dreams about it, and I wake up, and it's like really vivid dreams, that, uh, walking down, and you know, the whole... Yeah. And it sounds like a stereotype, but the sights and the smells. That's but, weird. You know, That's it's weird. amazing the emotional connection you can get mm. to, like a building or, you know, it's an inanimate object, isn't it? Mm. It's, yeah. it's, it can't talk to you or anything, yeah. but... You know, in your in your in your head, it's yeah, just it's, there. It's, it's that feeling. You're right, you said that it's that feeling of home, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm comfortable here, and I'm going to think that's where when we're talking because all three of us are fans. Um, it's it's when you're sort of you're talking about your club or you're you're you're, you're looking at your club, you're comfortable with that club. Yeah, you know, and and we, we, it's how you get there. Is when you get to your club. I mean, I was never, I was not always a crew fan. I won't got to talk about who I used to support, but. When I went to a crew, this is with 84, 85, actually, when I started watching them. And we got to the point whereby a group of us were bored with the, with the Division One teams. Yeah. So we went round the northwest looking. And, you know, we went, we went, to, went to Blackburn and Oldham and, and Burnley. And we went to Tranmere and all, all these other small places. And we ended up at crew. And for whatever reason it was, it felt like... Home, yeah. you know, and you get, and, and it was, it was like it was an old cinder bank on one side. It's nothing like <laughs> it is now, and it's not the world's greatest ground now, but you, it's home. Yeah. It, it feels you're comfortable. It's like putting on a pair of slippers and a comfy mm. pair of slippers that you've had for ages, and and you welcome it. And I think you get your, I get your football experiences there. I mean, you'll, 
I've had mine with 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 my, with my team, and they're usually all poor. But with with your team, with City, over those years, you'll have had some experiences. Yeah, yeah, some 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 highs and some crushing lows. I mean, obviously, more more the highs have come come with recent years. But I mean, I think we touched on it before, didn't we? It, it's it's kind of all relative, really. You know, if you're watching a team, you go in every home match, and you go going away. You know, how many times a season, whatever, and you have this connection. You know, if your team just scrapes survival in whatever league they're in, you know, it's like you say, if that happens in the last day of the season, that is, is means as much to those supporters as, you know, City winning the league mm. does to City supporters, you know, so it's kind of all relative. But, yeah, I, like I said before, you know, when we were going down into the lower leagues and we were in the third tier, what was so, that's like great about it, but it, it was... There was this real feeling of like it being a way of life, being a city fan. The United were winning everything, um, and you know, and, it, and you know, and city fans baited United fans about it, saying like, "Ah, oh, you're not none of you come from Manchester and all that," which you know isn't technically true. <laughs> but but um, it, at the time, it kind of felt that way, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though it wasn't true, but it was a good stick to bash them with. Yeah, I mean, we're getting it now. I mean, this is what happens. You know, people, especially kids, they like success, so. There'll be more kids around Manchester and outside of Manchester, you know, and the likes of Warrington and St. Helens and whatever, putting on the sky blue of City now. And, you know, that happens. So there'll be a generation of fans coming through now. I mean, and you see it at City now, you know, there's more like 20 year olds and whatnot there mm. because they've started, because that's yeah. what they know and that's all they've known yeah. now is this it's huge, success. successful yeah. club. And yeah. I think it makes, it makes the fan when you've. Success is great, um, and again, that's, that's why I end up at Crew because because of, of the success of the team team I was following. But it does make the fan, doesn't it? When you sort of like you, you know the highs and you know the lows. Yeah, and it's it's unusual for someone to have such high, you know. So, so being City have been on the top for the best part of ten years. So anyone who's sort of like in that sort of anywhere between sort of fifteen and twenty. That's what they've known. Yeah, they haven't known any lows. Yeah, which again, it's it's the hatred of other fans is 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 something I still kind of get need to get used to. Yeah. I, even after like the, the amount of years we've been successful, because at first when we first won the league, everyone was kind of like happier for us to win it than United. And now that's all that shifted. There's been like all this kind of obviously recent few seasons this rival, you know, rivalry with Liverpool. Uh, which probably because of social media gets all out of hand. You know, mm. I can't even be doing social media anymore. Like it's just, you know, it just goes way, which just goes way too dark. But um, yeah, but the, the, just the general like, it, it, I remember like it, you used to say like being from St. Helens as well. You go like, oh, are you from St. Helens? You go, oh, you like football? You know, who you sports say? Oh, right, no, oh, you sports say you're from St. Helens? Yeah, yeah, do about not many people. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, why you sport? Oh, that's good, isn't it? And like now it's kind of more. Who you sport? Where are you from, St. Helens? Who you sports say? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Do you start sporting them last ten years? Yeah. yeah, it's like well, I'm I'm 45, mate. You know, I, I didn't pick, didn't choose my team at 40. I'm not going to swap. But yeah. I guess I've got I've got quite a few friends who are City fans. Um, and when you just send you know St. Helens Man City connection is not really there. One one of them's actually from Salford. Right, <laughs> his whole family, <laughs> United fans. He, yeah. He's the City fan, and yeah. I said to him, "I was that must have been dangerous in your in your area because yeah. he's not my age, but." Um, 
I so, think that's, a, that's quite an old-fashioned way of looking at things, though, isn't it, nowadays? I mean, the game's become so global yeah. that you can you, you can be a, a Liverpool fan in, and you'd be from Tokyo. Yeah. You can be a United fan and, and be from Sydney, Australia. You know, it's just... And it's acceptable because, yeah. like, they, 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 these big clubs, mm. especially City, Liverpool, United, Barcelona... They're global brands. That's where it's at. They, they reach every corner of the earth. And I think the Premier League is the, the Premier League. I'm, I'm not a Premier League fan. I don't particularly watch it. I don't like. I don't like it. I, I'm, I'm more of a sort of like. Um, I'm more of your lower league fan for obvious reasons and your grassroots football, which is the football pyramid. You know, the, the Wrexham story, absolutely phenomenal. And I, yeah, I, 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 and a lot of people criticise it. You know, saying, "Oh, Wrexham in the new city." I, I don't buy into that. I just. I just buy into the idea that these two these two American actors have, have bought have bought into this idea, and we were talking last week about buying yeah. into ideas. We were talking about Jurgen Klopp buys into Liverpool, you know, Liverpool essence. And yeah. We were talking about yeah. Pep. Pep buys into Manchester City. He buys into the idea yeah. of it. He, he knows that because he's so connected in clubs and both yeah. huge characters. Aren't yeah. they? and again, yeah. Pep's been to the best clubs in the world, and oh, despite the fact he's a master technician, he's a master tactician, and he's he's, he's, he's coaching skills are beyond doubt but he stayed in City for longer than any other team he's been with anywhere I think. else yeah. anywhere else so he obviously buys into the to yeah. the culture of the whole the whole the whole aspect of it they designed yeah. it around Pep though haven't they the yeah. dream is, I think probably with Barcelona and, and, and Bayern he's come in obviously you know it's Pep and he's revolutionised football but I think with Pep at City it's like his toy isn't it it's like everything's been yeah. like been prepared for Pep yeah. I think he's having still having too much fun, and there's a certain trophy with big ears he wants to win. Yeah, as well. which yeah, which is good. <laughs> I mean, I went. I remember going to. I know it's all changed. Um, I remember going out to Platt Lane about well, about six or seven years. I think before they moved over, they moved the whole youth structure over to nice. to the Etihad. Yes. and I went down to to Platt Lane, um, and they had it, it was first time I ever been to something a, a proper. Uh, professional clubs academy I've yeah. never sort of done it I went down on Saturday morning um, and I was introduced sort of like one of the, there was a scout who was one of the main scouts youth scouts he, he sort of like showed me around and introduced me and I was massively impressed I really was impressed the way the structure that City had at that point in time um, because they sort of like you, you, you go in and it's like a little hall like a sports hall and there's yeah. a section where there's just kids running around and, he, and I said, what's going on? They said, always, oh, they're the new ones. They're the ones we've picked. So these kids are the elite of the seven-year-olds. And he's showing you what then, and then the next bit. And then the under-15s were in the corner. And the ball skills, the under unbelievable. And yeah. so, you, so we then go outside and there's another group doing, doing drills and stuff like that. And then, then you can see the progression. And then on the main pitch, there was four games going on. But in the, there's a big dome there. If you ever, I assume you've been to Platt Lane. Yes, yes. The, the, the big, Lane, there's yes, a really big yes, dome yes, thing. Yeah. It's in, indoor football. So the, and there was groups of kids in there. What they were doing, these four, they, they, there was I think it was under eights, under nines, under tens, under elevens. Yeah. And I, I felt sorry for the teams they were playing because they kept swapping these teams from the <laughs> dome. In. Yeah, yeah. But there was one team, and I stood watching it, and I was absolute aghast at it. I was watching this this this, this team. And I think they were under nine, so they would have been eight and nine, or they might have been under ten. I think they might have been under nines. And they were playing under tens again, under tens Grimsby. And the ball came to a goalkeeper, and he stood there and stopped the ball with his foot. And I was watching him, what he's doing, and he's 
just looking round. Right back comes in, passes it to the right back. Right back and passes it, passes it back across the mid. And this this passing structure, and these are nine year olds, I'm thinking, oh, wow, mm. yeah. goalkeeper didn't touch, his, he didn't pick it, he didn't touch his ball, didn't touch his hands for the best part of 10, 15 minutes. And I'm what and I'm watching them play, and they scored, and kept scoring, and going. But that's a mirror image of what the top goalkeepers do in the Premier League. Well, this is this, this is where the structure this is where yeah. the structure was coming through. It helped, I suppose, that the the, the centre forward's name was Heskey. Right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was the son. Um, there were two players called Fletcher. Right. And a, if I remember my memory right, is a Van Persie in there. Not Fletcher from Porridge, no. <laughs> uh, Mr. Darren Fletcher's Sorry. twins were in there. So, so, so you had United, United influence yeah. Playing, yeah. Playing, playing, playing City Academy. And the structure, I like the idea of how they did it and how the structure was going. And like, they took me into, into, into the, sort of like the briefing room and had a chat with them. Stuff. And that, that impressed me with City. And I think, as you said before, this structure's whole, but now we've been built around. And I think that's the, with, with the elite football, I think that's the way, and I, again, I don't know about any others because that's the only one I've seen, but that, that, with elite football, that sort of like structure bringing them through. And I think we still see, and what I don't like about the Premier, excuse me, what I don't like about the Premier is the fact that we're buying players in. And I'm not like that for a long, long time. Can we produce our own? Now, we had a discussion um, last week, and it's been very prominent recently about your 0.12% success rates one in every thousand or something like yeah. that kids coming through so there's a massive drop off where can we change that how do we change that um, and I think that's for me we can change that through grassroots football so, so you're coming down the pyramid so I mean so I watch I watch quite watch quite a lot of it you've got say the Wrexham stories pushing through Notts County um, again Two teams, hundred odd points in the national, you know, and that's a difficult league. That's a difficult. There's some some very good teams in there, very well known teams, very well supported teams. Um, interesting. My my only sort of game I've ever seen at the Etihad was Notts County in the cup, right? And I was sat in the Notts County end because I got freebie tickets. That was a crazy. That was a crazy <laughs> game. More fun in the away end if you're neutral. I think. Oh, it's it was great because the <laughs> county fans are absolutely crazy. Um, what's his face was playing the Argentinian. For City, yeah, Aguero, no, Zabaleta, to the one, Elsa Mende, no, to the one, <laughs> play for United. Oh, Tevez, 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 yeah, Tevez, Tevez. Tevez was playing, and he was getting some, he was getting some rap. He was, he was really getting, and he scored, and he's crossed right, right across the front of the Notts County. He's like, oh, they went mental, and I'm sat there going, I love <laughs> this. This is <laughs> he was such a great player. This is brilliant. No, I loved it, but. With with grassroots football, and I think this is where we sort of need to head head to it in a second is trying to progress through the through trying to get players from our own neck of the woods into, and I know the FA have tried to intercede with that with this with um, with changing over when I so when I did my level one coaching badge, it was different to how they do it now, and it changed dramatically when I I've just done my, well did my level two a couple of years ago, and that changed from when they originally did. So they've tried to sort of implement trying to get kids through and it, there's various things about grassroots football which are great and some which aren't so great. And again, we, we had a chat about this last week. But with grassroots, we've got to start, you know, it's pushing them through and getting the players in and yeah. come from there. Now, I don't think there's a lack of talent, if I'm honest, no. when I look at it. If you look at, say, the championship, there's several dozen players in that championship that could easily slot straight into Premier League teams mm. and, and they would look you know, at home there. 
the I think the problem is actually money. I mm. think the problem is every time you try and buy an English player, well, yeah, it's three times the price of what you can buy in Holland, or in Spain, or in Belgium, or yeah, for an equivalent level player. Mm. So what? What it's you're going to do? You're going to you're going to pay three times the amount just because of the you know the guy's got a different passport. You're not, are you? Because no. it's business. And again, you, this is this is where we've sort of got a really problem. I mean, again, that's just my. I'm my, not sure what the solution is there, though, no, Dave, because no, no one can set prices other than the clubs themselves. You pay what you want, don't you? Yeah. Um, right, you're a member of the Clone Roses, Mike. I am. Yes. Okay, Clone Roses being a tribute band, yeah. To to the Stone Roses. I know. <laughs> I know. Probably three things about the Stone Roses. I know Spike Island. Yep. Iconic concert. I only know that because it's, it was in my hometown, hometown of Witness. Ian Brown was from Lim. That's right. I lives in Lim. Lives in Lim. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He is from Warrington now, isn't he? Yeah, he's from Warrington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that bit. And then... <laughs> now I'm struggling. <laughs> now I'm struggling. He's been in here, Ian Brown. Is he? One of our old presenters actually um, nabbed him and brought him in for an interview once. Yeah. Well, okay. I was away that day. I was really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's all I know about Stone Rose. But say, say I, I went to sleep in the late eighties and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, again, they're a massively iconic band. So how did you sort of create, be, become a member, or what, what was the, what was the idea behind? So, so this is our 25th year anniversary. Which is how many more than Stone Roses? <laughs> I know, well, yeah, quite. Um, we've done some shows in them years. Um, so there's two brothers in the band, Gavin the singer and Tony the guitar player, and they were at, uh, away in university at the time. Um, and Gavin was listening to Stone Roses and getting into that sort of thing with his mates. And uh, this is what we always say, we always refer to as the kind of like a stars in your eyes sort of story or a bit Peter Kay-esque about it. But um, he was singing in the shower and one of his, along to Stone Roses songs, and his friend went, oh, you sound really like Ian Brown. So he went to his brother Tony with this knowledge and Tony's uh, quite a geeky guitar player, typical guitar player, just wants to, you know, sit in his room and, and work out all these kind of songs and riffs and whatnot. So he was like, oh, right, Stone Roses, yeah, okay. So I don't think Tony wouldn't really listen to the Stone Roses. He's quite into, like, rock and things like that. Um, Good lad. But learn <laughs> all the parts. And um, and so them two had this. And basically, I was the bass player in the pub that they knew. So uh, <laughs> so he asked me. My, my first, I was talking about this the other day, actually. My first... Um, kind of like thoughts about joining the band was, I mean, I loved the Stone Roses and I, I loved the Stone Roses then. Uh, so that was fine. I knew half the bass lines anyway, but um, it was just, uh, because I've been playing in original bands, just playing, like doing these like pay, pay to play things in mm. Liverpool and Manchester, where you just literally play in front of another band and like their girlfriends. And I was just tired of playing in front of nobody. So mm. I thought, oh, this would be all right. Yeah. So we went out doing like local labor clubs and like they were selling out. I mean, you know, like 100 people and stuff, and so was at the time, you know what I mean? I was just like, wow, people yeah. are turning up and enjoying this. Yeah. This is great. And just kind of... Um, You're on to something. We're on to something. And yeah. I think the, the old tribute scene was sort of in its infancy at the mm. time. So you had, like, the big ones, like the Australian... I might get these slightly wrong name, but, like, the Australian Doors or whatever it was, the Australian Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so one. you had these tributes to these, like, big bands like Queen and the Beatles and... And the Doors and and Pink Floyd, all these old like big sixties kind of huge bands, 
Um, but that that was it really. I had a few of them, and that was it. And um, so when we started, there was another Stone Roses tribute band called Complete Stone Roses, who started, who's still going from from up in Scotland, who started at the same time. But really, the indie thing hadn't been really done. Um, so we were, um, I think we were like a little bit nervous at first about it, a little bit anxious about how it would be perceived because yeah. there was still this like we just you know we were just coming out of the nineties. There was still this kind of like nineties Brit pop indie swagger kind of thing going around and you know but you know you feel so, like it was a bit early yeah maybe yeah maybe, possibly maybe you hadn't been gone away for long yeah, enough for you to yeah to be, yeah, yeah yeah i think so yeah definitely we were kind of very conscious of that and how that would be taken but people you know it just kind of started grow, growing and you know people so we just kept on going at it and a lot of credit has to be given to our singer gavin who's a music promoter um it's very much his baby and it, it, his ambition has really drove it forward um, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of it at the time, we just have to pinch ourselves because we did Spike Island ourselves mm, just yeah. after uh, lockdown. I, I was going to ask you, what's the biggest uh, audience you've played in front of? It'd be that Spike Island. That was fifteen thousand. So that, that was mad because that came. We, that was originally booked, and then the pandemic came, and it got moved back a couple of months. You know, because we no one had a clue what was going on. And then anyway, eventually we all know what happens, and it got moved back, and it got moved back, got moved back to the next year. And literally, we were coming out of lockdown, and nobody knew. Nobody knew. Even the government didn't know. Alton Council didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going on. So, all the fortunately, all the businesses we were working with, because you got all these companies, you know, you, you, you're putting fifteen thousand people yeah. on a on a on a little bit of land in the Mersey estuary. You know, it's it, it's not the best place to put a gig on. You yeah. know, so, <laughs> you know, you got all these bridges and all these companies and all these toilets and all this staging and all this stuff going on. And if one of those companies had asked for the deposit, we wouldn't have been able to do it because we haven't been earning any. You know, but yeah. unfortunately, because no one had worked for so long in the industry, everyone had agreed to see it out. And like literally days before, we still didn't really know. Then it happened. Um, there was a few TV issues on the day because people hadn't worked for yeah. that long. You know, yeah. People had forgotten what to do. You it's know, a long, long time so, away, so isn't rusty, it? Yeah. You know? So it was a little bit slow getting everyone in, but everyone got in. And then... What happened was, uh, if I, honestly, I can't put into words that day because we, we, it was like the f- it was the first weekend of freedom for everyone, mm. and it it was really emotional. I, I mean, we, we have gigs and it's always emotional, and your anxiety is up, and you. But that day was, you know, it it it, it was really magic because because of what everyone had been through. Mm. You know, it was yeah. Biblical, as Liam Gallagher biblical, would say. That's the word, yeah. it? It's a long way from a hundred people in the social club. Isn't it's it? a long way from hundred people in ADOC number one Labour Club here. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what, what, what's the nerves level? What, how does that alter? I mean, you're hundred people in the social club. I mean, as far as I, I know, most musicians before they go on stage, you get you get nerves. Yeah, of course you do. You're human yeah. beings. Does it? You know, when you know there's fifteen thousand out there waiting for for me and my, my mates, yeah. Does it properly go through? The yeah, roof? yeah, yeah. It does. It does. It does for me. I'm like can't keep still. I'm like a cat in hot tin room. You can't really talk to me. I, I, yeah. You won't get any sense out of me half an hour before before a big, especially a big show like that. You just sort of. Uh, well, we, we were going. We were going on. Saying, I use in ear monitors. And yeah. uh, as we were going on, and the backstage tent bit was like a bit of a distance, and we're, intro music is going on. This is at Spike Island, 15,000 people there. Yeah. And I got my earphones in. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's a sprint. 
from and that, I, I, you know I'm not the best sprinter sprint yeah. from backstage but nailed away back like just got on like I'm like Crikey. I was walking on that stage at Spike Island sweating of, of all the gigs that you could I know well it would have to be but then again like I say we were rusty yeah everyone yeah. was rusty yeah. it was a long time away wasn't it yeah. so you're on, you're on tour at the moment aren't you uh, we are, yeah. Your 25th anniversary tour? We are on our 25th anniversary yeah. tour, yeah. You, you, should, you shouldn't be here, really. You should be rehearsing for tomorrow night. No. You're at Heaton Park tomorrow night, We're at you? Heaton Park tomorrow, yeah, um, for, our, uh, for our, well, Heaton Park, the resurrection. There's still a, I don't know if they have to plug later, but I think there's a few, very few tickets remaining. Um, so if anybody wants to go, I'm not just saying that as like one of those like blag no, absolutely. <laughs> I had the text room before I came here, so uh, it's going to sell out. So if you haven't got a ticket, grab one. But grab it. Yeah, Go to thecloneroses.co.uk yeah. and there's a link on there. You can link through our website or if you just Google Heat and Pat the Resurrection, you'll find your way there. What's the crowd you're expecting tomorrow? So tomorrow I think is 6,000. So it's not quite the size of Spike Island because Spike Island was obviously like a big, a big sort of. Um, what's the word pilgrimage I yeah. think is the word to use but I mean obviously in parks it's a big site but the site's set up for 6,000 so it, it's all set up and, and uh, ready to go so yeah, it's going to be good 6,000 is not bad though is it still, it's, it's not, not so bad it's still a few more than we'd get if we did a road show <laughs> absolutely yeah, I think, yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not belittling the dog <laughs> we, we wouldn't get the man on the dog no we might just get the dog well, we've got. To, I'm not going to go through every single uh, gig they've got this year, um, the details, because that, that will take us to the end of the show. But I'll run through. They are in Leeds, after Heaton Park, uh, Cardiff, uh, Durham, Stone Valley Festival, Chester, Sale, Holmfirth, Birmingham, Leicester, Minehead, Blackburn, and London, Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah, Shepherds Bush, yeah. Is that the end of the tour there? Um, or are you going hoping to add more dates? Be, I think it was Manchester before that. I think there'll be Manchester Academy coming. That'll yeah. be, that's normally the last one before Christmas. Oh, I like but the yeah, Shepherd's Bush Empire. I like the Academy. Mm. And that's thecloneroses.co.uk. Now, if you're in any doubt about buying tickets for these guys, um, I found a few quotes um, from people of uh, you know people who know what they're on about. Uh, the Guardian newspaper says the clones have long been the best. That's go. not bad, is it, from The it's Guardian? Um, there's a fellow that knows a little bit about music as well called Clint Boone. Um, any In Spiral Carpets fans like myself uh, will have heard of him. He says, easily the best Roses tribute band in the business. There you go. There you go. And Sorry, uh, he's definitely not touring with them, aren't Who <laughs> <laughs> paid him for that one? But the best one, the best one, I can't believe it's not Butter, the second best Stone Roses in the world. And that came from Manny, from oh. the actual Stone Roses. Oh. So that is high praise. Do you get to meet those guys? Um, we've met Manny um, on a few occasions. When he came up with that quote, he was working for a, a radio station at the time. Over, I think they still exist in some way. Over in Thameside, East Manchester, called The Revolution. And they were doing a live music night from a bar in Manchester yeah. called Manny's Manic Monday. And uh, they got us on, and we played like a little set there. Oh, and that, wow. That's where he came out with that. So that quote was live on radio. So right. we have got evidence of that, <laughs> that we haven't just <laughs> made just that made one up. <laughs> yeah. um, we did Brixton Academy I think back in 2008. Um, the Happy Mondays had reformed and done the 48 hours party people thing where they played the Friday and Saturday night. And they got us on to open the Saturday. Um, yeah. And so we're playing, this is a long time ago, and just like Brixton Academy is 5,000, it's the biggest crowd we've played 
two at that point by some distance. So I'm already nervous as it is. Yeah. Next thing, Wolf Whistle turned around and Manny stood behind me. No more words. So I was like, no pressure then. No I think pressure. we played that gig at about 200 beats per minute. I, I, I remember hearing live footage back and it's, oh god it's awful but um, thankfully we've managed to sell our tempos out <laughs> and our anxiety as, as say, I, don't, I don't think there's there's any way of putting any more pressure down on a musician that's about to play live than the the person that he's actually imitating <laughs> actually stood there watching can you imagine the pressure you'd feel i'd I, I tip my hat to you i saw i saw something i saw something of a facebook video oh some time ago now and it's a band from norway or something and there's a guy playing in, the, in, a, in a bar and he's strumming away and he's doing this whatever song yeah. it is and there's a crowd outside the windows open there's a crowd outside and two of the band members that he's doing the, the cover on they're stood watching him and then they climb in pick up a guitar and start playing <laughs> so <we're looking laughs> up and this guy just turned around and Wow! I think that's I think that's actually quite cool. Actually, yeah, I quite, no, quite like that. Quite, quite like that. I'm, I've never had nerves like that. How, how far do you guys? How deep, I, mean, I don't want to get too deep on this, but uh, sort of how in depth do you guys go in terms of the imitation side of it? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the sound you, you'd work on that primarily to yeah. get that sounding just like them, yeah, as as best you can. Uh, and boy, they do. Um, Thank you. But the look mannerisms all that is that something that plays into it or do you, yeah. do you maybe yeah definitely as we say it's it's theatre at the end of the day and if you're going to be a you know a proper tribute band to the term tribute you, you need to make those efforts really otherwise you, you know you you just you know four lads covering yeah. the song so we've gone to great efforts with the the clothes replicating them in our purchasing the same ones same thing with the instruments and doing yeah. the different eras like the comeback era and yeah. and all that and uh yeah i know gavin spent a lot of time especially in the early years i mean when we first started the only obviously i think the internet was in its infancy at best and um the only footage really that everybody had was the blackpool live yeah. vhs uh that everyone seemed to have in place to death so gavin spent a lot of time uh you know studying the the, uh, the 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 distinct king monkey movements yeah um yeah i play bass like manny used to but he's kind of a bit more stationary now i can't get stationary so i, I have to let yeah. my, my anxiety out in some of that so do you actually actually for your preparation as the, as the bass player do you actually watch videos of manny i, re- I, I remember it, it, his style when he was younger he was always like kind of swinging the bass round that when yeah. he was playing music i'll be honest with you i think i kind of probably just play it like that naturally anyway it just seems would, the right, yeah. it seems the right way to move to that to the bass lines yeah <laughs> probably I but, uh, the music dictates it to you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i reckon so and, but like i said i don't do him i can't I, i'm not like him now because i can't stand still so much <laughs> <laughs> so far too much nervous energy builds up um but yeah yeah there's been a lot of attention to that definitely so a, it's massively serious then, isn't it? I mean, there's a, so much work goes into it. Probably, a, again, is it a lot more than you would if you were an original band? Because you've got, you've, you've yeah, got, you've got two things yeah. to think about, haven't mm, you, realistically? Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, there's definitely an argument for that um, because they're not your songs. So not your songs to, to get wrong yeah. in a way, you know. Um, so you're mindful of being respectful. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I you can make, understand yeah, that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a bit of a strange one like that. Like, if it's your own song and you, you throw a dunk uh, like a, a bum yeah. or a dove card, you can go, well, it's my song, so... Yeah. Or you want to just uh, change something <laughs> up. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 We, 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 when they did the reunion shows, that's kind of when everything kicked off again for us, really, because it gives us a new lease of life. 
So yeah. we weren't 35-year-olds pretending to be 25-year-olds. We were 35-year-olds at the time pretending to be like 45-year-olds or whatever, 50-year-olds yeah. as they were. And then we got to redo the whole wardrobe and the compositions of the songs were different when they came yeah. back and did uh, the, the reunion song. So we went back and it gave, it gave us a kick up the bum, really, in the sense that we went back and learned everything uh, fresh yeah yeah i think yeah. better and came out with that uh as a much stronger band yeah definitely did you feel it as that you know when they sort of came back onto the scene and obviously there was a big resurgence in interest in them did you immediately you yourselves feel the resurgence uh, or a, a surge just that just after you know, an increase yeah. if you like an oh, interest in you absolutely. guys absolutely um we went we, we carried on gigging while they did the reunion shows and the crowds were tiny um because everyone was going watching them so this cow but yeah. then as soon as their reunion shows came to an end and we re you know we changed freshened up our set it yeah. just boomed yeah it just like re literally just like boomed and you you saw the age of the crowd as well all of a sudden there was like 15 16 17 18 you know early 20 yeah. year old, all at the front going mental why yeah. the parents were like going more towards the back you know yeah. so it was like you felt like more like a real band because you weren't just playing yeah. in front of middle-aged men anymore you were playing in front of kids going mental and it was you know it's, it's absolutely brilliant yeah i think dave touched on it just before i mean you're obviously all hugely talented musicians um there's no doubt in that whatsoever do you not do you i mean you may well do i i, I might be um you know asking you a silly question but uh is the temptation to do something original together? Is it there, or maybe you do? No, or maybe we, we all hate each other. Again, <laughs> <laughs> spend enough time with them. No, I, I, I'm only joking. But um, obviously, when you're in the van together, a lot of the time things do get heated. But um, we, we have done when we were younger. Um, yeah. We've all done like different things. Everybody has their own little projects and whatnot, like our drummer. Uh, but we've not done anything together now. So have I'd, you all got? You know, outside of the band, if you like, have you all got different musical tastes? Yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've there's, got the roses the, in common. Yeah, but, the, yeah. The, the, there's there's lapovers, but um, like our drummer goes out with a lot of like jazz bands and blues bands and stuff right. around Manchester. Um, He's a I bit of a purist, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. can be in that nice. sense. I mean, but then but then he also likes heavier stuff, and and I do. I mean, myself, I like every. You know, I really like. My, my my first musical love was hip hop, was rap yeah. uh, in the eighties, and then. I got into like metal and like real heavy like death metal. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And then I, I kind of like chilled out a little bit and started listening to to everything else in between. But yeah, we all have different musical tastes. Tony, our guitar player, he goes out doing like general, more like general kind of covers, you know, like wedding band stuff and oh, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's, you know, but you know, whatever. I can listen to anything from flipping Cindy Lauper to Napalm Death. And everything in between, really. Cindy Lauper fronting Napalm Death. That's got a vision, hasn't it? I saw Napalm Death live years ago at the Marquee in London. Ah, right. When it was still a uh, venue, I think it's closed down now, right. isn't it, the Marquee? But uh, yeah, was that them. Well, in the so, late eighties, that been there. That would have been late eighties. Yeah, sort of um, proper grindcore. Yeah, Napalm it was, Death. Uh, uh, we went up with a band that we knew, a local band that actually got the gig of uh, the, the support gig um, of supporting them and. Um, Played a couple of mine and my mate's songs um, live, so that was that was really wonderful. And then we watched No Palm Death straight afterwards, so it was a it was a good night. Yeah. It was a splitting night. Now, 
in the band, sort of obviously you've given us your your footballing sort of like let's get back to football, shall we now? Um, <laughs> I'm sure we could that, that, talk, talk, talk to Mike for, forever about the Clone Roses. Um, footballing within the band, it, is it is it everybody involved or is it sort of like have you all got your different or does anyone play? Um, well, Tony, uh, the guitar player, he, he's played at the highest level. He used to, well, he was at Wigan Athletic as a schoolboy. Um, it didn't work out for him there. He ended up playing in the count- Northwest Counties. He played for a long time for Skemmersdale United. All right, no uh, so, so Tony played a decent level of football. Um, Gavin, Gavin's played a bit, but not, not quite to that level. He was playing like in teams in the St. Helens combinations as it was back in the day. I can't play football to save my life. And uh, our drummer... He's, he's, he's not necessarily he's probably more likely to have a game of rugby he's from Cornwall originally right. so what would they know about football yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exeter and Plymouth yeah, yeah that's I get, about it I get that bit I get that bit so we'll take a break now because then we'll, we'll we'll deal with the with the clone roses yes. and football yes. uh, as, as we move along so let's let's have a quick break and we'll have a little well, we've got a little something now just to give people a taste just to no, try and push die. them over the edge to try and uh, we're <laughs> okay. going to try and push them over the edge to, to get some well tickets. I'm all ears because I don't know anything about <laughs> It's a 
and welcome back to uh, episode uh, three of uh, series two of Outside the Box. That was, of course, Sally Cinnamon. And uh, for those of you sitting there tapping along thinking, oh, I love the Stone Roses, that was the Clone Roses. And you can barely tell the difference. Um, our guest is uh, actually uh, got some involvement on the last track, hasn't he? He has a little bit of involvement. You know, our, our, our guest is Mike Bagshaw. He's the bass player, clone Manny of the Clone Roses. Um, and I must confess, I'm not not something that, but I quite enjoyed that. So that was that was Stuff. decent. That was decent. Well, while we're confessing, I've got to say, I, these Clone Roses guys, they actually, they've annoyed me this week because I spent my whole life not liking imitations, not particularly being a fan of cover songs. Always felt like, oh no, I'm a, I'm an originals guy, and then. I did a little bit of research into these guys and, and it kind of proved me wrong. And it's annoying. You know? <laughs> you know, I'm, That's I'm, a good thing. I, you know me, Dave. I like being proved wrong about us. It's, yeah. Being proved wrong is about as popular as Christmas is to turkeys with me, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, with, with, with tribute bands, I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't have an issue with them because when you're... In, in, when you listen to, like, the Stone Roses are no longer, so you've still got that people... It gives you a chance to people to go and enjoy a live set. I mean, yeah. live music. We think we all agree, live music is yeah. is super. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, I it, can can I can I have I got a chance to see an ACDC again? Probably not. But I can go and see an ACDC cover band, and there's some really really good yeah, ones out. Yeah. Really really good ones out there. Um, you'll, have good, you'll have a great night. It's all your favourite songs played yeah. well and loud and yeah. live. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think I went. To, I think I went to um, to when Mike Mike Sweeney was DJing on. Um, what was that? What was that? Rock rock station that went, went access. Not our no, the, 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 the one before, before it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sweeney and Sweeney and Jewsbury were on it. Yeah, rock radio. Rock radio. Yeah, it was rock radio. It was rock radio, and they they did a tribute night, and well, I think I went along that on one of those great night, and mm. I think Guns and Roses tribute were on, mm. Higher on Maiden were on, and they were really yeah, really good I stuff. And there's something else I should point out. These guys are really... Their tickets are really reasonably... Pr- I sound like they're agent, don't I? <laughs> uh, you after a job, um, you? Yeah, I'm after a job with them, yeah. Um, they're really reasonable. It's a great night out yeah. for a very reasonable amount. I mean, when you compare music. the price of tickets for these sort of like... these, I mean, I, I priced up Duran Duran tickets, about 185 quid each wow. to see Duran Duran. I mean, I know they're still quite a big band mm. or a big deal, but like, it's that's a lot of money, lot of money for, you yeah. know, especially if you take your son, because I wanted yeah. to take my son. I looked at it, I thought, that's a lot of money yeah. for a couple of hours. Especially in these days and age. Yeah. You know, so we went to see Elton at Anfield last year and price was ridiculous. I, I saw him in Spain. I was really disappointed. Um, I enjoyed Did you it. like it? Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Anyway, let's let's move on to what, what, why we're here. Um, so, you've got an interest in football. The, the band's got an interest in football, yeah. and you're from St Helens. Yeah. So, St Helens Town. Yes. St <laughs> um, <laughs> Helens Town are part of. Um, the town's football heritage. Yes, um, we, we know we know that. I mean, I'm, I'm involved in junior football, and we know about St Helens Town. Um, now, they've got a they've got a glorious past. Yes, I'm um, um, sort of like we want to sort of maybe do it a bit of name dropping. Bert Troutman. Yeah. Um, what it's goal? not bad, is it? That's a pretty pretty good <laughs> name dropper. That one. I mean, yeah. what a goalkeeper he was, you know. And what a hero he was, you know, 1950s. Did, did he break his neck? Yeah, 1956. Yeah, yeah. 1956. I've seen the footage of it. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, it's crazy. The man goes down. He's, he's, a, he's a crazy man. And he goes down at the feet of his big 
big melee of players, st- saves the ball, gets up, and he's holding his neck. And he's broken his neck. Dead hard. <laughs> it's just... a technical term. Yeah. Dead hard. Yeah. Dead hard. It was, yeah. a, it was a bit of Troutman trivia. He was the second best hand grenade thrower in the Hitler Youth. Right. Oh, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's a claim to fame. You weren't really, is it? Who was the best? Who was the best? Town should have signed the best one. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but, I mean, obviously, he went to play for City again. So, again, that's an interest for you as well, isn't it? It's well, it is, it is another connection, definitely. Yeah, um, and in 1987 they got to the dizzy heights of Wembley, yes. uh, where they played local rivals Warrington Town. I remember it well, um, and they won the FA Vars. FA Vars. FA Vars. Yeah. I remember that because I was working in a uh, for a photographer's for that was printing Warrington Guardian pictures. So we had all that in front of us, uh, the build up. So we were yeah. print, printing all pictures, and then sort of when it happened, it's like Warrington Guardian went quiet. <laughs> like, so, but again, again, that was you know that, that was that was something again the local locality yeah. of grassroots football. Um, and I know there's sort of been there's, there's quite a lot of problems with St Helens Town, but over sort of the last few years it's sort of dwindled and, yeah. and something happened, um, and they, they slipped down the leagues, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you come along, mm-hmm. you and the, you. Well, you tell part- us the story of what happened there. Okay, so I'm part of a consortium um, who've taken on the club. So the club had been a member of what was Sporting Club St Ellen's with uh, St Ellen's Rugby League and originally also Liverpool St Ellen's Rugby Union. Um, and for whatever reason, thing, things over the years that haven't really worked out. Um, and that, although they were still part of Sporting Club St Ellen's uh, Saints, we, they were running completely separate. Um, so we came in and, and we purchased the remaining shares and, 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 and stopped that, but um, that's that's come to an end now. Um, so, I mean, we're brand new, so anything that's gone on in the past is nothing to do with us and we, we just want to look forward to the future. So we came in, but by the time we did take over, it was like literally weeks before the season started. Now, they'd been dropped out of the Northwest Counties for the first time ever. They were one of the original members of the Northwest Counties. Um, and they dropped down to step seven and ended up um, in the Liverpool League. Um, but this season, we, we when we started, everything was a mess really, and there was basically no player. All the players had left and gone on elsewhere because they didn't know what was happening. Um, they had no communication from us for various reasons. Um, so we brought in a. Named local local manager in Paul Pio, who'd been at Ashton Athletic and had worked with town before. Um, and this season's just been firefighting, um, so it's not been a glorious season on the pitch because we literally have <laughs> we started with nothing weeks, you know, weeks ago. Um, but what is going on off the pitch is, is something something very special. So. Um, like I said, I'm part of the consortium, so it's not just me. I'm not. I'm not trying to make out I'm Elson John or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, musicians of football. Yeah. So um, th- we've got a chap who actually works for the City Group, uh, who owns Manchester City. Um, his family uh, originally originate from Paris and Ellen, Sunny Par, uh, big up the Par, and um, he's putting together with our input obviously a, a new structure yeah. for the club to, to move forward which um, we were all, lots of exciting ideas cool. being boiled up in there um, I'm working more although I started as a media officer on the socials I've kind of more gone into a community officer role yeah. so working with a lot of 
local charities. We're doing sessions with refugees, with the college, and working with the council, um, teardrops, charities, food pantry, lots of other. Um, and we're really extending our community reach. Um, that that's that's me. Um, that's what I do. Um, but at the same time, putting this plan together to come up with some with a structure that um, you know. Could, I don't know yet. We, there's many ways of doing, but so we want to do something that we can offer to people as a membership or whatever it is, but could still be open to investment. Yeah. So we, you know, we're looking to clubs like the likes of I know they're a lot higher up the leagues than us, but the likes of Chester and things like that, and and putting together something that we hopefully in the next month or so we can present to people. Yeah. And if they want to get involved with us, they're more than welcome to. Um, yeah. One question I want to ask. Um, is why? Why? Very good question. <laughs> That's a very, very good question. Um, I'm open to an answer. We started going watching town, and some of us have been watching town in the old days when they were played at Heart and Road, so there is a fan thing there. Um, but yeah, we're St. Ellen's, we're St. Ellen's lads, and um, I know town has dropped down the leagues at the moment, and I know we have two rivals uh, that are playing in a higher division or one even two high divisions at the moment um, and full respect to them they're doing really well and they're well-run clubs but for us St Ellen's Town has this history that we all remember as kids like you say 1997 in Wembley and we love St Ellen's because that's where we're from and it, it's not the most fashionable town in the world and that makes us even prouder of it <laughs> and town aren't the most pop, uh, fashionable team at the moment that makes us even more proud of them but like you say with that rich history I mean Bert Troutman is my hero hands down he is my hero I mean if you've not watched the film The Keeper you, you get, I mean it's a real rider up I was brought up my granddad brought me up on stories of Bert Troutman because my granddad saw him playing with the prisoner of war team on power stocks he saw him playing for St. Helens Town he saw him playing for Manchester City and town we're in a lot of trouble and I, we, we can watch it die. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, it, and it's hard work. Yeah. But everyone's really excited. Everyone's really proud of what they're doing uh, and it's give people a new lease of life. It has me. In, in fact, I've, I've just landed myself a new job. <laughs> Probably <laughs> a lot to do with the community work I'm doing with town. Yeah. But um, yeah, people are passionate and, and we'll, we will get there. Yeah. We will get you there. You know something, Pleases me no end because yeah. you know my my sort of like my viewpoint on grassroots football, yeah. and when you've got someone who's got that much passion to say no, this can't happen, and I'm going to do something about it, and that takes that takes a big, it takes a big step to to say, so I deal with I deal with junior football, I've got I'm the chair of a club, and we are asking people to get involved yeah. with with coaching kids football. And that's a big commitment for some people. I think this, this last week we, we, we've got a couple of, we've got a group of under, we're going to be under seven in September and we've got enough for three teams and we had two sets of coaches. Yeah. So we're looking at this going, well, I don't want to tell these kids because yeah. some of these kids have already been told by other clubs yeah. at seven, they're not wanted. Wow. And, we talked about the underdog before and we talked about sort of like when you were when you when you started playing you always last to be picked or something like that and that again people who followed the history of the, of the show that, that's my viewpoint the underdog and I don't like that it happened to me and I don't like that happening so I've got I'm sat there like going oh my grief what am I going what are we going to do so I'm panicking about this yeah um, 
and then I had an epiphany and we sorted it out. So we've now got enough coaches. So I don't have to tell these kids, the kids that they, they're not wanted because they are wanted. And that's the way it goes. But you're asking people to put a commitment in and that mm. commitment's important. And if you're prepared to take that commitment um, and run it, say, hey, I head up a junior football club, which is massively difficult because not only am I responsible for 400 plus kids, I'm responsible for 100, nearly 100 coaches and, and, and assistants, 400 sets of parents and grandparents, etc. I've got all this going on. I've got a committee that, you know, a brilliant, brilliant set of people. Yeah. And we're dealing with this. This is like a job. Oh, yeah, you'll yeah, probably find the absolutely. same, Mike. We, is it, this is a job because I don't know. You're finding time to be here, Dave. Uh, well, really awesome, you, should, I, you should be I, getting on your way. I am just going to chat. Just leave uh, Mike and I. We'll chat about music. <laughs> um, right. But you know, I, I can be sat here on a Friday morning and, and there's a WhatsApp message. We need this. This morning, I woke up. WhatsApp messages. Well, yeah. I woke up to a text message saying, "I oh, guess coming to." Um, but the commitment we put in as volunteers is massive. So I've got you know absolutely. Brilliant what you're doing. You've looked at a situation and gone, we can't let this happen. And I think for you to put that commitment and energy into it yeah, and doing what you're doing. It's an admirable thing for sure because it's, it's a thankless task as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks but like it's a, a combination of uh, passion and a leap of blind faith. But it's yeah. got its benefits. Yeah. The benefits are there because you, you've now seen from a first-hand level, okay, we need to sort this out. We've sorted it. Or we, we, we think we're going there. You've already expressed there's a future and it looks bright. We can do, you can do it. Yeah, but, but you, the pressure of taking on a storied club, because it is a storied yeah, yeah, club. Yeah, absolutely. It may, yeah. They may yeah. be small yeah. now, but, but they a are a storied club. He's got so a history. He's, he's a brave man. And when you, when <laughs> yeah. you, look, when you look back at, at football legend... It's there, isn't it, with Troutman? It, yeah. It's it's football yeah. legend is there. So you, it's it's not. I'm, I'm not going to pick a, pick pick a team, but it's not. You know, um, I'm trying to think who who is who a team. I don't know. There must be a team somewhere. Um, that it's got. They've got they've got character. They've got history, and it's there. And, yeah. it, and that, for me, that's so admirable. And I, and I think I I enjoy. And I want to obviously I'll, I'll follow the story because. I can see the passion that you've got, and you, you, you're doing that coupled with your new job, coupled with touring England, <laughs> so, you know, next up the world. So, he's not scared though, Dave. I'm telling you because he's, he's played Manny's baselines in front of Manny. Well, you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Once you've done that, I, I don't know. I, I, I know like Joe scares you. But. I don't know how he did that because I could. I, I stood and watched our, our under twelve girls play in a semi final against. Pilkington's girls, and it was a penalty shootout, and I couldn't. I could. I was yeah, gone. Unbearable. I was. I was. <laughs> and I'm on the sidelines watching this. And I'm completely gone. I was hiding behind the goalposts. Oh, and the, yeah. and she, the, the, I was so nervous for him. Yeah. So I don't know how you felt. <laughs> you got this, the main man behind you. Uh, oh, I think I'd be more nervous with the penalty yeah. shootout. To be honest yeah. with you, I, mean, I always used to get uh, whenever oh, sort of whenever it got to put, put things like that. I was terrible on the sidelines. You know, if we were winning, which wasn't very often in the last four years of our football, my football team's cricket, we never won one. Um, but if we were sort of like winning 2 1 and we're playing yeah. some really good team, I'm thinking it's not going to last. Ref Brothers, and I'm, 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 I'm a bag of nerves. I was, I, was, yeah. I was all over the place. I, I was sitting down, standing up, and it was horrible. Yeah, exactly. It was, and, and you can't. And again, I get, you sort of like that when you're watching the when you're watching the games. Oh yeah, well, because you've got like, that responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way. I mean, I watching. Yeah, I mean, obviously watching. I can hit. I can feel people's eyes rolling when you mention City nowadays. But you know, watching City like any any club as a supporter is you know, stressful enough. It, uh, but but 
when you're invested in a club like yeah. that, it's absolutely awful. Yeah. Yeah, especially with this season, where we've been really struggling. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's next level, you know, because um, you like you say you have got this responsibility of it, you know, so it, you know it. Definitely. It yeah, falls definitely. on you, doesn't it? At the end it, of the day, everyone looks to you and yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. And you, what do we do? You need the, the winning momentum. and Because and, and we, 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 we went on such a, a streak of losing games because such a tough league, this Liverpool County Prem. I mean, the, the quality of players in, the, in this league is just... It, it, it's crazy for step seven. Because you just... Liverpool just spews out great footballers. Yeah. And these footballers, like... you got Sunday league teams... In Liverpool, that would give, that would give, that would beat Northwest County's teams, mm. you know, and because it's just crazy. So it's really there's, tough. There's a hot bit of talent there. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's there's no, there's yeah. no other town like it in the country. You yeah. know, Manchester or whatever. It, there's nothing. It's just crazy, and losing. You know, it, it takes its toll. You know, yeah. it really. Yeah, takes tell it. me about that one. <laughs> you know, yeah. it does, doesn't it? It takes yeah. it out of you. Yeah, four year, four years, from under 14s to under 18s, under 17s. So under thirty, sorry, under thirty, under fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Yes, yeah, seventeen. Four years, my team did not win a single game. Wow. No points. Our final season, we conceded two hundred, wow. scored five. Four years of standing there, going, "Today's the day. Today's yeah, the day." And yeah. you'll have had that feeling. Yeah, Today, yeah, today's yeah, the yeah. day. But when we finished it, when we packed in, I had twenty kids signed up. Right. You know, and they were—they were most of those were were from you know gone all the way through with us. I had some decent players in there. It's just one of those things. And I had twenty kids playing up, turning up, and people used to look at me going, "How are you doing it?" I had teams who were pummeling us ten nil, and they did have eleven players. God, how you managed to do it? You know, no, but no one ever threw a game. No, no, no one ever sort of forfeited a game, which was a pity because we <laughs> got through points. But you you have that when you say you're lucky, you're, yeah. you're trying to buy a win. You, what do, we, what do we do next? And as as a sort of like response, responsibility. I remember you saying you, once you turn that manual the other way round, the, the, the trading manual, it started to work for you. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. just a yeah. case of holding it the right way up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something we never did. I think, we, I think, I think using <laughs> those using those round balls that rolled was probably that, part that, that of our helps, problem. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, no, think, no, I think a pre-season allowed for us as well. Yeah, <laughs> and then more established side and, and pick up some players um, over the summer as well. You, you could see the improvement. You know, throughout into the second half of the season and into the later games, you know. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been it's been a it's been a tough start. It's been a tough start, but um, yeah, you know, onwards and upwards, as they say. So, what's the sort of like? Um, you mentioned the community side of things. Now, how how is St Helens Town going to build build up that momentum again? And obviously, you can't reveal any plans. But so, what's the what's the general idea of of, of using the community sort of side of things? Um, I, well, personally, um, uh, it's not. Well, it's my belief and and, and the club's belief also that oh, sound cheesy, but football clubs are community assets, aren't they? Mm. And I think, like you say, although we've struggled of recent times, we are historically. And there's going to be some raised eyebrows from our rivals probably when I say this, but we are historically the town's club, and that, you know we were the town's crest on our tops, and yep. yeah, and I think that comes with a certain amount of responsibility as well. Um, so I think it's. The right thing to do um, to, to work to do these sort of things, and and you know uh, from a kind of more business point of view, it putting yourself on the map. 
Mm. We're not necessarily setting the, the the things alight on the pitch, but we can be doing the right things off the pitch, and it keeps you in the public. I'm sitting down this time, doing that, aren't you? I'm sitting down this time, doing, you know. So, so there is that side of it, but um, I've got I've, I've really thrived from the community thing, anyway. Personally, it's got something I've ended up really passionate about because, like I said before, you know, we all know St. Helens as a town, as a borough. It, you know, its problems. We, we're we're high up in some. Uh, unwanted charts of, uh, uh, you know, of, of crime sort of thing and, and, and health inequality and all that. And I am from St. Helens and, and to be doing something positive and giving it back to my town, to our town um, and the lads, the other lads with us, St. Helens lads, you know, it does, it, 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 you know, it's, I, I, you know, I've not felt this passionate about something um, outside of my family for ever. Right. <laughs> I've yeah. got a new job now. I'm yeah. starting a new job involved with the community, and um, so so yeah, it's been really good. And it, it just feels like the right thing to do. I mean, like because like looking, Manchester City started life as St Mark's uh, Church mm. team, and they were formed to stop mill workers knocking free bells of out of each other, <laughs> yeah. out of each other. You know, yeah. and a lot of these teams were built out of these like kind of community things anyway. Yeah. So. It, it makes sense to me with football. Does that sound really cheesy? No, it sounds no. no, something, and it, it doesn't sound cheesy. And the reason why we, Garth and I, were sort of looking at and going, sort of half nodding, is because in the first series when we had all our guests on, things like church football was very prominent, and it still is play, playing. But we talked, we talked about our guests were coming along and they played in churches, and that developed. And so it's not cheesy; it's right. It's it, it's it's. The football there was is, an ethos and a reason yeah. behind the foundation of yeah, most yeah. of these clubs, yeah. you know, and and it, and, and yeah. it's community based. And I think sometimes, certainly with not necessarily the Premier League, because again we've got to distance ourselves from that for mm. the minute. Yeah. Because, but the, the community, and we spoke about this off air at the beginning. St Helens is a rugby town. Yeah, Warrington's a rugby town. Winners is a rugby town. Is it? Is it really? Is it yeah. really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the what the volume of, of fans that go to go to go to this watch the Saints is, but it's got what it's what's ten twelve thousand maybe. Mm. With a, I don't know. I don't know what Saint Helens population is, but when you yeah. look at the that grassroots side, of, yeah, you look at the grassroots side of things. Yeah, there are there are a number of leagues in the area, and it's this this what happens with Warrington. With this this whole sort of like trinity of, of, of local towns, yeah. local rugby towns. You've got tens of thousands of kids playing football, male and female. You've got thousands and thousands and thousands of supporters of other clubs. So, are we, yes, the high profile is the rugby, but football is 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 really the the sort of the stalwart of of, of what goes on, and it's and it is popular. And I think using the the thing that rugby teams do, which is probably better than football teams is community mm. yes. it's getting involved in the community yeah. they absolutely do yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. and so I think they're, they're big on that yeah. yeah so the, the smaller clubs St. Helens Town FC St. Helens should be looking at community Warrington Town looking at community Witness FC looking at community there are lots and lots of teams in the area who are on the pyramid mm. and can be community based. Now we know, obviously, there's a lot of junior junior grassroots football football teams which are independent. So, you know, if someone was to say, "Well, we, you you be off," you know, we're going to look at as a as a feeder club. Someone's come to me and said, "Okay, we want to look at you as a feeder." 
Yeah. Okay, we don't play it for that reason, but we play it for you know for you know as I said, we've talked about my team not leaving for four years. That's how we play it. Yes, we've got some some very good players, and we've got some kids who just like to play football. But those those connections of involving those kids, getting them on as as mascots and that sort of thing, the kids love it. Yeah, the kids we've love been, it. We've been doing that. We've been uh, work with Penn Lake and 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 Bleak Hill Rovers and and and, and building those uh, building those connections. I mean, it's like you know you don't necessarily know that. You're gonna get a player from Penn Lake or, or whatever, but it's about giving the, you know, the kids have really loved it. I know, I know, Penn Lake. I'm picking on Penn Lake because we did a few with them before the end of the season, so they're fresher in my mind. Like so, but their kids loved it. Mm. You know, the coaches loved yeah. it, and mm. they come down and, and you know it adds a few people to the gate. And the kids had had a little game at half time, and uh, yeah, okay, we're struggling at the moment, but we're still getting good crowds. For our, like, we, nobody gets crowds like we do at our step because of this history. You know, we're getting like nearly two hundred people yeah. <laughs> coming watching. Yeah. You know, which is unheard of at this yeah. level. You know, so so they so they love it. You know, it's a great thing for them. And I, I think you know, it, it's like sort of like you're stronger together, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Absolutely. I think it's. I, I think it's. I think it's great that sort of. I mean, because you are fairly. Highish profile. You have got a you've got a profile with the band. Yeah. The band has got a profile, and you're promoting that. You know, you're promoting the sort of the football side of things as well as as well as in the band. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and I think that's really really cool. It's connecting the St. Helens finger as well with yeah. the band. You know, we're not shying away. Um, we I think we did. We were nervous at first because we're doing a Manchester tribute that. Um, we all know we're, that we're woolly backs and all the rest of it, like. But you know, there's a perception we thought, oh god, these Mancunians are going to just think we're scousers and they're, they're not going to, they're not going to like us because they just see us as Merseyside and so. But so at first we were a little bit like aloof about yeah. where we were from. But in more recent years, as we've got older and don't care, um, yeah. we, we, we very much fly the flag of St Helens and um, and now with with the club, yeah, we connect the three things together, and you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. And champion of town, why not? Well, it's something that I think that I'm going to be keeping keeping an eye on, because certainly with the community side of things, because obviously that's what I'm what I'm I'm interested in, and what we what I do in in my real in, you know for my real job, um, and it's, it's working with the community and different inclusive football and various other things, which I think is very very important. Um, I mean, we did do until fairly recently. We did a walking football session here in the club, um, and we had a, 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 a young man with with learning difficulties, and he loved it. And unfortunately, we've stopped it. And I know, I know something like an inclusive yeah. something, maybe connection with 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 the with the club that may, but he he would love it. I mean, he used to do a great. He used, to, he used to look do a lo- lovely Mo Salah when he scored a goal. He'd do a lovely Mo Salah celebration. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But that was the joy to see. Um, and again, stuff like that. And now I know he go he goes to a day centre where they do 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 do, do football. So connections like that, yeah. realistically, and I, I don't just say with St Helens Town, but that sort those sort of connections. Community community brings a community in. So we know Everton in the community is fantastic. Yeah. And it's, Everton in the community is probably one of the best in the community uh, groups. I know a couple of the coaches there. They just opened up um, next to Goodison a, a well-being, mental health well-being centre. It's absolutely fantastic. I've yet yeah. to visit it. But a couple of guys who play who play, who play, who play our uh, Friday night session have been... Um, and they think it's fantastic. We know Black. I know Blackburn community do stuff. Burnley, Burnley, Burnley in the community. Um, talking of which, Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche. Yeah, yeah. tell us about Sean Dyche. So my mate Sean, 
Um, that was a, a strange one. So it was last year we were playing Rock City, Nottingham, which is one of our favourite favourite venues, best gigs. Are, so it's such a great venue. And um, so Gavin, um, our singer who promotes the shows, he, Gavin can't switch off from work because he's just in work mode all the time, bless him. And um, so we're all <laughs> sat backstage uh, having a beer and whatnot and eating cashew nuts as we do. That's, we have a cashew nut rider thing. It's a bit of a bit of a running joke. <laughs> and uh, so Gavin goes off to the box office to find out um, you know, what's going on, guest list and out ticket sales and whatnot. He says, next thing, he says, John Dice, just come in and he goes, all right, Sean, what are you doing here? So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I. No, no one can get that done. <laughs> I know, yeah, like a specific bass tone. Um, he said, oh, I'm just coming, you know, I'm on the guest list. And he goes, well, I didn't put you on the guest list, you know. <laughs> anyway, apparently it was Simon Moran <laughs> who put him on the guest list. So, so he went uh, pretty high up the chain. But um, so he's like, well, well, I mean, Brown... Do you want fancy coming backstage? Have a few bit. Oh, he's also with Steve Reed. He used to play for Blackburn Rovers in the Republic of Ireland. Oh, so we yeah. don't know yet. So this time, at this point, I'm still no idea this is going on because we're sat backstage. So this is all going on as we find out later. So Gavin, we're just sat backstage. Gavin like creeps his head round the door and goes, "Look who I brought with me." <laughs> so we walk <laughs> in, and next week, Sean Dice walks in and Steve Reed, and it was just such a surreal moment. I was like, I think at first I was looking and thinking. I think the first thought in my head was probably because I'm in a tribute band was, wow, he really looks like Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, oh, I can't do the accent. As I, say. I end up sounding like some Cockney Mafia guy when I try and do it. But, um, it up, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something, that is the best line I think I've heard. Do you see what being in a, in a, in a yeah. tribute band's done to him, though? Yeah. He thinks everyone's clones. <laughs> no, that's it. Everything, nothing's real. That's oh, it. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. So yeah, so he, so he comes backstage, he has a couple of beers, we were having a chat, having a laugh, anything, it explodes on social media because some lad had took a picture with him. He'd just been sacked by Burnley, right. just, so this is his first night out after being sacked. Um, so that ex, that's exploding on social media while we're, we're having it. And he, anyway, he stays, he watches the whole game by the side of the stage, absolutely loves And I loved playing in front of him. It was like this, I've got to impress Sean Dyke. And that, yeah, yeah. And that was like, a, felt like a football. He's had like, money behind him, that wasn't yeah, the problem. Yeah, Sean no, Dyke, sure. It was, it was. He was like, oh, I hope we're good. I hope Sean likes us. <laughs> and he kind, of has, he kind of has that command about him as well. You yeah. know, you can tell him this premiership manager, you know, you want to you want to, you want want to, to make him happy. Sort yeah. of thing. But he's such a presence. But then after it, um, he came backstage with him. We just basically drank. Uh, for like two hours backstage with Sean Dyche and oh, yeah. just uh, it was it was great um, he came we played again Nottingham Rescue Room the other week and he came he came again this time with his son who plays for Northampton who's just been promoted um, and yeah we went to a bar in Nottingham with him after uh, which one? Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. It was like on a bit of an outskirt. It was, well, right. I get what they call a dive bar, but it was like a bit of an indie rockers bar. Right. He likes going there because it's not full of fussy idiots, yeah. basically. Yeah. So he had a couple of selfies in there, but he gets left alone in there. But he, he's just, he's what you see is what you get. You yeah. Know? yeah. Really nice Brilliant. guy, yeah. Brilliant. There we go. There's our name drop. There we got the name drop. Name drop. Yeah. Right, okay, shall we go into a tune and we'll come back with winding up messages and... Certainly, sir. All the stuff. We can do that. Bit of REM.
sequence seemed to go on a bit longer than I remembered actually. If you've just joined us uh, you've uh, you've missed a pretty fantastic show actually uh, it's um, episode 3 of series 2. We're on our second series of Outside the Box with uh, myself and uh, Mr Dave Smith who's busy busying himself with some messages. Yes I believe yes. you've had some messages. I've got your... one, one, one or two one, one or two little ones uh, I'm just looking Flicking through the stuff. Yeah, we go. I've got. I've got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my good friends has actually messaged me as well. Do you, um, re- do you require the jingle? Yes, I have the show. We have the jingle. Let's do that. Yes, then. have the jingle then. I'd say, old chap, shall we see what's going on on the social media desk? Well, David, shall we? We shall, we shall. Yes, uh, our messages are, and we have a we have a part of the show which I'm gonna. I am actually gonna ask Mike. I have actually I, I primed him actually on this one, but it's um, <laughs> most embarrassing moment in football. How do we have one? 
Um, every time I've ever tried to play football would probably be the <laughs> <laughs> most embarrassing moments in football. Um, that's actually a pretty succinct answer. Yeah, yeah, I think you just can't really, you can't top that, can you, really? No. I, I, and everyone who knows me will vouch for that. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so we've got a couple. A couple, couple of most, most embarrassing moments. Um, I'm, I, don't, I don't name names. Um, and I'm not going to name the one, but uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's, an old, he's an old goalkeeper friend of mine, so I, know, <laughs> I mentioned him on the show before. Um, so we've got a one here that would, um, it was an open age open age game on a Saturday morning. Pe- another penalty one, another penalty. Yeah. Penalty taker gets a penalty, coolly, calmly slots it past the goalkeeper. Brilliant, running back to his position, a centre back. Opposition kick off, run down the wing, cross the ball into the box, miss it's a volley, boom, right top right hand corner. <laughs> Two goals in sixty seconds. If I remember rightly, someone else did that in a professional game. Yeah. Who, who was it? Was, it? was it Hutchinson? Don Hutchinson. Was it for City? That that sounds about right. Yeah. City when they played League Cup final against Newcastle. It's oh, it's normally City involved. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of City, I'm remembering the uh, Jamie Pollock own goal. He's seen that. If, you, if anyone has not, never seen that, I, I tell uh, get on YouTube. Jamie Pollock. Google Jamie Pollock, Man City own goal. It's the best goal you'll ever see. He's pulling memories out the out the yeah. back <laughs> yeah. of my head. Jamie Pollock. Did, Jamie Pollock had a little spell in Spain, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember one of the smaller clubs. But right. he, he had a spell in Spain, yeah, that was that came out of the blue, didn't it? Oh, there you yeah. go. So all these connections. And the final one is um say it's a friend of mine who said uh, who has playing for a um youth Premier League uh, the League One side now, a youth a youth professional team and he's playing in the FA Youth Cup and he was his debut and he but didn't know what studs to wear because it was snow on the ground and they're playing against the mighty Reds and there's 20 minutes to go when the centre half passes the ball back to him because he's the goalkeeper and the centre forward pressuring him the ball hit some ice went through his legs 1-1 one, one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's put that in I'm glad he's back. Makes it so humble. <laughs> it makes him human. Um, I think most people know who I'm talking about. Eddie. Um, and Eddie, I hope, uh, Eddie, do you listen to the show? If so, you know, message, message me back again. Um, We've had some messages. Yeah, super. We've, we have more messages. So on. Listen to messages. Uh, Liam and Colin are listening in from Warrington and enjoying the show. Okay. Tony B, Tony B has uh, tuned in for a second week from Real. Uh, says, another great show, guys. Paul from Hornchurch is listening on his headphones, which he says, he says, it took me half an hour to get them working as I don't understand Bluetooth. <laughs> you and me both, Paul. You are not alone. I too am a tech idiot. Uh, Jerry from Canada has messaged in. Excellent. He's supposed yeah, to be well, away. Yeah, no. Hang on. He's on vacation, oh, okay. but he says, I've managed to tune in on, on, his, on my phone using the hotel Wi-Fi, which keeps dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, uh, yeah, blimey. I don't know where he's on holiday. I mean, he could be around the corner for all that. I know. No idea. But... Uh, I'm welcome, Jerry. Yeah, somewhere where there's not very good Wi-Fi, anyway. But uh, Ray Price has tuned in again and says he didn't give his location last week because he didn't think we'd heard of the place. He says I'm in a tiny little place called Capel or Capel St Mary, just outside Ipswich. It's only small, but we do have a Starbucks. There you go. <laughs> it's like a claim to that. Oh, we've got a Starbucks now. It must be a village. I'm going to find out where that is because because uh, my wife's from Capel St Mary. Or Capel St. Mary. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. If I've mispronounced it, very sorry. But he also adds great show, by the way, guys. Uh, Dave is listening in from Northwich again. Hannah is out shopping. 
Oh, they're, they're regular. Time. So I just hope you didn't take your credit card, Dave. You know, uh, Andy from Frodsham was tuned in, What's but I had to pop out and says have a great show anyway, guys. Uh, Mel and Jack are tuned in from Castletown on the Island Man. That was Mel last week, if I remember, right. just on his own. And and yeah, he's got a bit cheeky. Oh, he said, do I get anything from bringing you a new listener? No. Well, I you do. You, you get you get joy. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Mel, I'll try and bottle some air from Dave's aura and send it straight to you. How would that be? Absolutely. A bit, a bit yeah. of air from no, I don't aura. want to give my air away. No? Oh, it's a bit tight, isn't it? I am tight, yeah. But he gets joy. He gets joy out of listening to us too. Uh, he, he seems to. And, he, and he's yeah. even encouraging friends. There you go. So there you go. Uh, Carl's listening in from Sea Houses again. Okay, cool. Uh, says he's enjoying the show and he goes on to say that Garth was right about where Sea Houses is last week. He should be a geography teacher. <laughs> You, you haven't seen Garth, have you? As, as, as opposed to a radio presenter, you mean, don't you? Just yeah. get, get him off air and get, get him it, teaching yeah. geography. Yeah. Get him a proper jacket. No fumbling coast. No fumbling coast. This, 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 this is a man who knows his geography. Yeah, but, but, but Mike travels around the country, which is not like what we do. He does, yeah. Uh, Brett and Sally tuned in and send their regards. Steve Carmel is listening from York and wants to know if we have some sort of playback service for previous shows. We do. We do. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna explain how you uh, you get it just yet because he then sent a second. Oh. Sent a second message. <laughs> this will tickle you. He said, "I already know about the listen again service from previous shows. I just wanted to see if I could get Garth to do that talking with his hands thing that Dave <laughs> described, him. and then he's put a whole row of laughing emojis." <laughs> Brilliant. Apparently, I... I um, you do. Yeah, you I, do. Yeah, I you explain. Do. Anyway, I'm not explaining it now, anyway. And last, but certainly not least, uh, one of Dave's favourites is Barry from Spain. Excellent. Let's see what he's been up to, uh, if I can just focus. Barry from Spain, he's listening in from his terrace. He's having a cup of PG tips. Oh. I've just, I've just bought a beer box. Guess what he's doing this week? He's overhauling the mechanism of a Singer sewing machine. This go. guy's an engineer, isn't he? Something. He's, he's got to be something like he's that. Got, he's it? got he's got a, a niche repairing a metronome last week. Yeah, and he was doing a clock the week before. He was doing a miniature Vienna clock. That's right. And wasn't the original? No, it's not all engineering because he was he was polishing a brass plug the first week. He's an antique dealer, isn't he? Although I don't know whether that might have meant something else. But yeah, he's an antique dealer. <laughs> he drinks he's PG tips. An antique he's yeah. got an antique. If we if we're down the it's right love line, joy. it's love it's, joy it is, in the sun. Yeah, it is. But, I think, uh, I think um, yeah, we need to we need to know what. No, no, don't tell us. Don't tell us. We keep just keep. It's the intrigue, isn't it, yeah, Dave? We want to know what what Barry's up to each yeah, week we in do, the sunshine. We do, we do. But uh, we do. that that concludes our messages for this week. Brilliant. Okay, well, that's. Uh, I think that concludes the show. So we've got massive, massive thank you to Mike for coming in. You're welcome. Thank um, you. Good luck on the gig tomorrow. Cheers. Um, Just on the sack saying it's muddy, so. Excellent. Bring you wellies. Proper, proper, proper yeah. festival. Yeah, you need a bit of nah, it won't be muddy on the stage. You'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> I'll send me trainers to the stage. And, uh, and, and good luck with, with, with getting Warrington, uh, Warrington Town. Oh, let me hear that. St. Town. They don't need my help. They're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm getting for, for St. Town to Thank sort you. of like get, up, get, up, get up that ladder again because, Thank again, it's, it's important that the, the towns, I think it's, it's, it's the, I don't know if you said it or read it, it's the only town, main town, that hasn't got a professional football team. Right, I'm not sure. I think that's, I think, I think that's what I've, I, I think I read somewhere down the line. Ta- yeah. Town of its size, sort of thing. Yeah, yes, for a town of its size, it's, it's not, it's, it's probably the only one with, it's not got a, a semi-pro, a, you know, semi-pro or yeah. semi-pro team. So, 
Well, good luck on that one. Nice. Okay, yeah. cool. I think I'm going to, before he goes, I think I'm going to get a commitment on air because I'd like him to come back so we can talk about music. Because we could have gone on for our regular. I'm sure you could have done. I'm sure that's 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 so. that's, that's something I'll let you do. So will you come back again at some point in we, the in the near future? We can and, do that. We can we can yeah. do a music one. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. That'd be great, it's been yeah. a pleasure. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's, that's actually you happy now, isn't it? And, and, and I'm very happy that he, he's not very good at football as well because he's handsome, he's tall, he's a talented musician. At least at least God did one thing to <laughs> make him good at football as well. And he's a nice fella as well. He's one of the nicest guests we've ever had. I'll say things like that because all our guests are very nice. So what I said one of the nicest guests we've ever had. And that way it keeps it all sort of nobody knows exactly where they fit in in the pecking order, Dave. I'll bet I get radio diplomacy. I bet I get messages now. Okay, so yeah, so thanks for thanks to Mike. Thanks to my co-host Garth. and it's goodbye from me. Thanks all for listening and enjoy yourself. It's
only friend is the city I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. I drive on the streets, cause she's my companion. 